Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, I was the DM, but this time I'm not. Welcome to the 200th episode of Dungeon Drunks. What? what is our life? What? Several years ago, we said, ah, let's play some D&D. This will be fun. We'll get together. We'll put it out as a podcast. It'll be great. And now here we are in episode 200. And we're going to do something a little different for episode 200 for all of you lovely people. I am usually your humble DM, Lauren, also known as Oboe. Should we say who we're playing as at this moment? Or do you want us to not say yet? Jack, uh, who will be our DM? You know what? Don't say yet. I Introduce okay. yourself. Introduce your drink. I will introduce you guys one by one in, as the game progresses. Awesome. So you'll have to sit tight for just a few more minutes to find out what, what exactly we're doing in this special 200th episode. I am drinking a Jack and Coke prepared by my husband in a wonderful fashion in a mug that actually says McKay on it because my husband's awesome. So that's what I'm drinking. And I will at this point hand it over to Jack, who will be our DM and will be the master of ceremonies from here. Take it away. I cannot believe they entrusted me with DMing the 200th episode. I am going to mess this up. And it's going to be great. Good people of favorite. Jack's choice, the DM's choice this evening, is an old favorite. For anyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time, they might be familiar with the Walt Wit. I thought Ooh. the occasion called for an, the return of, of an old Star Walt, like kind of a, a go-to default beer, which is, a, for those who don't know, an unfiltered Belgian-style white ale. With a little bit of uh, chamomile and lemon peel flavor. Let's try this out again. Oh, just as good as memory serves. And uh, <laughs> and we're going to introduce the, the rest of our people. You know what? I'm kicking myself for not having you introduce yourself, Lauren. Why don't you say who you're playing as? Then we'll have everyone else introduce their characters as well. Okay, you do want us to introduce a character? Shame okay. mind. I think Lauren That's should what? also do our character introductions with us so she can give us some notes. So we can make sure we get a few things right vocally. Here's here's what I'm going to say. I, I appreciate you saying that. Here, let me do it in this order. I'm going to introduce who I am playing as, and then I'm going to give a blanket statement about everybody else. So for today's 200th episode, I am playing Captain Valeria Tide Turner Langley. She is, she is a human bard of the College of Opera, which is a subclass that was created by... Amazing friends of mine, Kelly Butler and Hannah Rose. You can find it on the DMs Guild, and it is awesome. And I mention all of this because when we first met Captain Langley, she was created as a College of Opera bard, and there are reasons that the captain of the the ship that the crew were on were being captained by an opera person, which maybe we'll find out. In this, maybe we won't. I don't know. But she was created originally as a College of Opera bard, and we never got into her backstory. And so when it was asked for all of us to play NPCs from Dungeon Drunks, she was the one that I picked because I thought that she would be fun. Now, I've given away what's about to happen, but the other three members of Dungeon Drunks are about to be NPCs. Now, there was some notes. People were dissuaded from playing certain NPCs for 
what are probably obvious reasons. But beyond giving some pointers for a couple of your characters on if I had created them as a fully fleshed out character or just as an NPC or if I had a stat block or whatever I had beyond that and beyond the obvious of any voice that I might have used ironically enough uh, Captain Langley doesn't really have a, a silly voice she's just my regular voice except with a very distinct speaking style I have decided that it is best at this point I've given you all the important information on these characters and at this point these are no longer my characters. They're your characters. And choices that you make with them are yours. And I look forward to seeing you run with them. So with that disclaimer in mind, I'm going to hand it back over to Jack. Oh, who should I who should I introduce first? Oh, oh, I know. John, what are you having and who are you playing as? I am John. I have a drink that I have named The Registry. It is just... <laughs> Yes, it is called the registry because I made it with the immersion blender I got from my wedding registry, and I'm drinking it through a metal straw, which was also on my wedding registry. It is just a smoothie, a multiple fruit smoothie. Awesome. Ah, oh, it sounds yummy. It is. And uh, guys, I don't really know why I, I volunteered to be part of this adventuring party, but myself, seeking the Druid, we're going to see what happens, and hopefully we don't burn down the forest again. Um, but he was half fleshed out when Lauren handed over the reins, so I kind of flushed him out a little bit. Given his ties to the Feywild, I made him a Circle of the Dreams druid. Now I'll say, of the three characters we've got here, Seekin was probably the most statted fleshed out. And even he, uh, what what did I tell you about Seekin, and, and what can you say about Seekin? I will say this, you told me he was a druid. Uh, you uh, told me you originally kind of like had him half statted, but it was important that I took no offensive spells. Yep. So there, Seekin has no offensive spells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. man. You're... Seekin was a very basic stat block and a lot of wild shaping. I also found the dumbest looking human avatar on D&D Beyond and used that for Seekin. That works for me. All right. So we introduced uh, John's character who's playing as Seekin. And that performance alone like justifies my life strategy of surrounding myself with talented people despite my own obvious lack of talent. That is not that is not how this works. You are talented and we love you. Ah, uh, well, maybe both are true. Anyway, Julia, what are you drinking and who are you playing as? I am drinking an Angry Orchard hard cider because I found it in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> that is valid. I usually go out and buy things strategically and I'm not sure how this got here, but it's in our fridge and I will love it all the same. But more importantly... I have this cool koozie. It says Imperial. Ooh. And it is uh, my fun fact for you guys tonight. So I just got back from Costa Rica. And Imperial was the only beer in Costa Rica for many years. They had a monopoly on beer. So I guess their like brewery industry is just starting to grow. But we were told that like it was that beer. It was them. That's it for years. So I had to get a koozie and I tried it. And it was actually really good. But I also got myself a little sloth bottle opener. Aww. <laughs> I've been waiting to use it, and his mouth opens up. I know you actually don't need a bottle opener to open Angry Orchard, but I just really wanted to use it. So, And we all know what Angry Orchard tastes like, so I don't think I need to get into that. But um, I am playing Dorveen tonight. 
and I was given the note that um, she is a very blasty warlock, so it is fine that the little druid over there took no. I don't know, is that what Doreen sounds like? She's a little sassier, isn't she? She's a little sassier. She's a little more out- outgoing than some... She's got that same dog. accent. <laughs> than your dog, yes. She she does have the French-Russian accent that ends up being many of, of my characters because I only have so many voices. But yeah, she is, she's this slightly is more... Voice. Flamboyant would be the wrong word. She's a little more outgoing than some of the other warlocks that you have played. Yeah. Uh, and she was he, she was barely a stat block. She was... I, I used one of the stat blocks from the back of the monster manual with like the collection of... of what do they call those in the back of the monster manual? There's just like the... Uh-huh. Templates? Like they have the commoner and the... Oh, uh, the yeah. Yeah. And NPC classes. Yeah. 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 So I just grabbed one of those when uh, I needed her to do something blasty, which happened like once. So uh, other than that, what other what other well, little things did I say? And what, what did you decide Doreen upon? is a very blasty warlock. She blast, blast, blast. Eldritch blast. Oh, we will have so much fun with Eldritch blast. <laughs> and she is actually trying to live the quiet life. She is retired, but I suppose she comes out of retirement for just this one moment uh, to protect the little goose over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm and so that, excited about this. And that leaves Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan, what are you drinking and who are you playing as? Hey, this is Jonathan, and normally I play Jonathan the Mad Muscular, but tonight I am playing someone else. Before we get to him, though, I have a Black Cherry White Claw, because... As we found these last couple of uh, couple of recordings, the claw is law. I gotta still try this stuff out. I've never ever keep had keep your any expectations of it. low. Yeah, I plan. I on drink it. it because it's it's better for me. It won't kill me as fast as other alcohol. Speaking of <laughs> other alcohol, uh, this shot of fireball to be consumed at the first, we'll say, critical hit of tonight uh, is dedicated to all of you. Anyone who's listening to the sound of my voice, anyone who's listening to our adventure, anyone who's been out to see us at D&D Live, has said, ever said hello to us, ever said uh, been one to one of our live shows, this isn't hyperbole or anything like that. We genuinely and, and deeply appreciate your choosing to spend time with us and share in our game and share in our little adventures. And we, we, we love all of you. Thank you for for coming on this 200 episode journey with us, and uh, and here's to here's to many more. Not going to put a number on it because we don't know, but we'll see. Cheers <laughs> to that. And tonight, though, I am playing Tim the Guard. <laughs> oh God! Yes, you may remember him from the episode of Wayland's Wagon of Wonders as the annoyed guard who is standing there saying, "We don't want any, you asshole." And I have been super excited for this voice for a while. I actually know a few people who genuinely talk like this. So this is, uh, this is a little bit... I, I'm trying to keep it not quite as Kermit-y or or if it were Kermit-y, it would be a little more like this. But but no, it's got its own distinct uh, dialect and uh, cadence. So thank you, Ovo, for, for doing this for me. Listen... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick your character. You're the one to decide that you yes, wanted to go you into Tim the Guard. Yes, but you brought Tim the Guard into all of our hearts. Uh, <laughs> and Jonathan got the least notes of everybody because he said, so what What do I need to know about Tim the Guard? And I'm like, it's Tim the Guard. There you go. Have fun. 
Yes, so um, I really hope that he does get into a fight tonight, but because he may have a surprise or two. Ooh. Well, that sounds interesting. And I guess on that note, I can uh, just dive into it, right? Let's do this. All right, so our story begins back where our story began, in Greenus, specifically in The Running King, where it is a busy, busy, busy night. Servers are coming back and forth, bussing tables, it's loud, it's raucous, and perhaps unexpectedly, or maybe expectedly, who knows, is sitting at the bar is Tim the Guard. A bartender by the name of Sunju rolls up to the table. He describes himself as the assistant bartender, but really he's the assistant to the bartender, and he asks Tim, what are you having? Well, I'm was I was getting ready to meet one of my uh, one of my partners here, but they haven't shown up yet. I'm a little annoyed. And uh, you see, Tim, I don't think he's ever been described, but he's a average height human, uh, kind of surprisingly skinny. He is adorned in what looks like the studded leather of uh, the guards of Greenest, and he has uh, he doesn't have it with him, but he's got a glaive that he's got kind of you know, one of his guard weapons, but he has that at at the front at the kind of like weapon check area because a glaive is just kind of too unwieldy, you know, in the like umbrella in the stand. umbrella stand. Yes, exactly. But he does auspiciously have a couple of rapiers and a couple of daggers at his belt. So that's interesting. And uh, he's got uh, kind of a tan brown skin and uh, just flowing black hair that, that uh, kind of almost comes up in a little bouffant. And he's got kind of piercing, almost lightish brown eyes. And he's sitting there in his distinctive voice, just going, well, I think for now I'll just have the, uh, the house ale, please. All right. So while Sunju's pouring that draft, Tim, roll yourself a perception check. All right. Uh, ooh, not great. Uh, that is a 10. Okay. All right. A couple of sparse stools over. You hear uh, two sort of, you know, average looking guys, not totally unlike Tim talking to themselves. So you're, you're eavesdropping despite yourself. I mean, it's a pretty lousy, lousy bar. You can't hear everything. But you get these ins and outs of people talking about a support group for, for ex-TMAT cultists, sort of helping them reintegrate them into society. And one guy's a little hesitant. He just wants to put the whole chapter behind him. But, but there's like, nah, you, you got to talk these things through. It, it doesn't help to bottle them inside. It's all going to come out and you're going to get fired from your job or you're going to hurt your family. You need to make peace with what, what happened. And the other guy says, eh, I'll think about it. Uh, Sanju comes back with your drink, and, uh, it's a frosty ale. You want to take a sip of it? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He takes, he takes an immediate sip, and it's just kind of like, he's, like, kind of looking at the, is there, are clocks a thing in Greenest? I don't remember if clocks were a thing. Sure. Like, indoor clocks. Okay. He looks at the, the big grandfather clock that's kind of, like, in the corner, and he's just kind of, like, he looks nervous, because apparently his, uh, his buddy is not going to show. Oof. That's rough. Uh, Sanji comes back to the drink and says, oh, by the way, this one's on the house. Boss lady wants to come talk to you, so don't go anywhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll stay right here, I guess. Okay. A couple of minutes pass, you're, you're enjoying your frosty beverage. A little, little miff that you got stood up. But, you know, it's it's interesting night. It's uh, good weather out there. It's not a bad night to be out, and you got a free beer, so it's not all bad. And who else should come out from, you know, behind the doors from the bar uh, to talk to you, but the proprietress of the Running King, Dorveen. All right, Dorveen's gonna. She's she doesn't do business on the other side of the bar, so she's just gonna sidle up and kind of lean over, and she's gonna say, "Hello, Sim." Oh hi. Um. Uh, oh, I'm surprised you know my name. I 
I run a bar. I know everyone's name. It's my job. It's one of those things, you know, like where everyone, you know, knows your name. It, it keeps business good and tips high. Um, I see you've met my assistant to the bartender. He's in training, so if you don't like that drink, you tell me. We fix it. Oh, no, it's been, it's been fine so far. <laughs> uh, and you, you can see that Tim getting the attention of Dorveen starts getting... Very nervous. So Tim doesn't have a type. Jonathan has a type. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> well, I think oh so. Dor- I feel like Dorveen is just always a. She's a presence, and so I and Tim is like not. He's a guard, right? Like people pass him by and and such. So I think the fact that Dorveen wants to talk to him, it's like that already made him nervous, and then. Yeah, she's she's got so much charisma that he's just finds her a bit intimidating. So she's gonna lean forward a little bit. And she's going to say, "Tim, let me uh, let me ask you something. You don't have to tell me, but I already know the answer. Were you waiting on a date tonight? It wasn't exactly a date. We're coworkers, so it was more like a meetup. But I, I, you know." Yeah, I'm not a prude. I mean, if it if it had turned into more, then that that would have been great. So, <laughs> oh no! But you know, they kind of they kind of have to show up, and you know, maybe it's for the best. I mean, uh, then then make uh, we'll make patrols as awkward. Uh, well, you, since you got stood up, this beer is on me. And, uh, oh, well, thank you. Yes. Well, I tried to take care, of but you're not going back on patrol, are you? After this beer? Oh no, no, I uh. Yeah, I got, got off a little early, so I probably was just going to go maybe for a walk or, I don't know, head home and, and read a book. I don't know. I, I really didn't have any plans. This this was kind of my plan. <laughs> uh. Oh, 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 Tim, you know, I have been working in the industry of bartending and part-time psychologist for years now, and this is... <laughs> <laughs> She's she's had to unpack a couple wrong. of dudes already. This is a situation we fixed him. Perhaps perhaps in a couple of days when things are less busy, I will come by when you are off. We will um we will go we will go to the high street and I will help you. I will help you um and she's going to wave a little hand up and down. She goes, "I will, I will help you fix this." Dorveen Roll a perception check with advantage because it's your bar. It is my bar. <laughs> Damn right, it's my bar. I love it. She knows where to look for stuff. Yeah, and she knows every nook and cranny. Because it's not plus five like Bernie's is. <laughs> oh, God, guys. I made this like, what's per- what's the perception stat again? Wisdom, I believe. Perception is wisdom. Wisdom. Oh, great. I took a plus none in wisdom. <laughs> well, I guess the advantage will help. This is the first fighter I actually didn't take athletics as a uh, or acrobatics as skills. I took guard stuff. That's fine. I got a sixteen. That's that that'll do. Okay. So Dorveen, you know the ins and outs of this bar. You've been running the Running King for months now, and you know when it's just nor- ordinary, like raucous, like busy night kind of crazy night noise and you know when there's noise when something's out of the ordinary and the noise you're hearing is the louder you're hearing some shouts and some screams you're hearing footsteps and do you want to investigate do you want to come a little closer yes, to it Dorvian wants right. to investigate she's gonna say Tim darling if you would excuse me your love life notwithstanding we can fix that later but if somebody breaks my bar 
it, it's going to be insurance and all those things. And so oh, she's just um, gonna... yeah. T- if, if as soon as she says breaks the bar, Tim kind of goes into guard mode and just whoop, and uh, kind of stand. He doesn't follow her, but he stands up as well. Okay, so you stand up. You don't follow uh, Dorveen. You go to investigate, and uh, people are just like. You see one dude running, and he's like, as you get closer and closer to it, the disturbance, you can see very clearly a goose flying around, pooping everywhere, flapping its wings, trying to get caught, but just running. Can I, okay, can I roll dex to see if (laughs) Dorvin wants to reach out a hand and snatch the goose? Okay, Uh, roll a dexterity check. If you've ever um, snatched a goose before, I don't know. Or you know what? Athletic. No, 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 let's you can do, do an athletics or an acrobatics. That's a dexterity and huh. Alright, dexterity's we, fine. I'm not too know. picky about the kind of checks. We don't we know what her dexterity bonus is right now. Oh okay. no. Oh Oh dear. Oh, oh dear. Dorvine, why do you fail to catch this goose? Because the goose is pooping everywhere. And Dorvine is suddenly highly aware of health code violations. <laughs> <laughs> and so in failing to capture the goose, she's going to yell for... Wait, who's the assistant to the bartender? Sanju. Sanju. Sanju, get the broom. Get the broom, okay. Sanju. Sanju uh, runs and gets the goes back and gets the broom. And uh, Tim, at this point, like you, I think Dorvine, because it's a one, I'm going to say you fall down. You don't take damage, but you fall. Oh my. So, I, Tim, you want to get up and investigate this point? Oh, or? yeah, yeah. And okay. uh, Tim is gonna gonna go and uh, kind of look at this and like, um, uh, don't don't worry, we'll 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 get him out. We'll, we'll get this thing out of here. Don't don't worry All about right. it. All right, Tim, would you like to try and make an attempt to catch this goose? I'm gonna actually. Uh, I'm not gonna attempt to. He's not gonna attempt to catch the goose. He's would he draw down on this goose? Oh, are you gonna kill the goose? No, but. I don't think Tim would know that. Um, he's like, oh, Dorvine, uh, how do you feel about uh, Goose L'Orange this week? Actually, I'm quite partial to Goose. It's, normally we have it at the Yule, but I will make an exception. Coming up. And he draws uh, one of his daggers and tries to go for the Goose. All right. Uh, roll an attack. Uh, that is going to be a 21. Oh, dear. Uh, the goose has an AC of 22. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't make it. Um, so Wait, do- really? Goose, at this point, do you want to stay a goose or are you well, willing no, to... Uh, do roll the damage because it's going to send me back into... So, what, so it does hit. Goose does not have an AC of 21. Well, okay. I'm new at this, so cut me some slack. I'm my second time doing this. I was very surprised. I was like, that's pretty high. I don't even know what, I don't even know what a goose has in 5th edition. 22? Shit, that would surprise me. my AC is. Probably like a 12 or something. The right combination of expendable and invincible. Haven't you seen Metal Goose before? Come on. It's, <laughs> Metal it's Goose. Clearly an AC of 23, at least. There, actually, there is no Goose stat in uh, D&D Beyond. Well, it's it's only six damage, so. Okay. So that's going to that be point, enough. Yeah, that's going to be enough. Goose <laughs> reverts back to, as everyone guessed by now, Seekin. Oh! Dorvian's going to stand up and dust herself off. Oh, Dear. And she's no longer charming. Druid. Uh, hey, 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 guys. Welcome to the Running King Brewery. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I was, uh, I was in Waterdeep and I had some friends that talked highly of this place and 
you know. Uh, so I figured I'd, I'd come visit, but I'm a little a little shy. So uh, do you I didn't, I didn't know drink to... beer in form of the goose? Uh, have you? Ever, it actually gets you drunk quicker because you have a lower body mass. I do not recall <laughs> any of my servers serving you. We typically do not serve to those who are underage or animal form. Oh, I wasn't being served. Did you steal the beer you drank? No, not yet. Not yet. All right. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, that's why Tip's gonna be. A, oh, I'm. I'm sorry. Uh, no. It, no. Is oh. it? Is it? Is it stealing? If it's the stuff that's been spilt on the floor. Yes. Today it is. <laughs> you should walk outside with my friend Tim. We were doing this as a special for our our listeners, but why do I suddenly feel like this is just a gift for me? <laughs> <laughs> because it is. Because you've done so many great things for us, Lauren. And, <laughs> and Tim's so, gonna be like, "Yeah, yeah, buddy, let's let's go." <laughs> so Seekit starts walking outside and like absentmindedly kind of like bumps into the coat rack glaive holder, knocking over all the. No, uh, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Because Tim actually now feels bad for stabbing you. And he's like like <laughs> trying to do like the, the hands quickly trying to grab everything as it's falling. He's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I got it. I'll, I'll get No, it's on the floor now. Okay, that's fine. Um, I got it. Right, guys, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I... No, no, it's hey, buddy. It's all right. Yeah, let's just let's just go outside. Well, you know, I'll, I'll make sure you get get to the get to the West Gate. It's fine. Oh, so that really hurt. Why'd you attack me? Tim, roll another perception check. Okay. He is actually proficient at these. Uh, so 19. Okay, so you notice that what you thought was poop is actually just mulch, which may be squares for those of us who are show. So you weren't having me shit all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, come like, on, Jack. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I just thought it'd be funny to have like a, a goose. But no, I, th- I know Seekin's a gardener. He works with plants. So it stands to reason he would have mulch with them, but maybe the mulch wouldn't turn into a goose along with Seekin. And maybe Seekin didn't think of that. But on your way out, you actually see somebody strolling in with, uh, well, I'll just say a mandolin strapped to her back. And uh, it's not the person you would typically associate with the evening's entertainment, but it is none other than Captain Valeria Tide Turner Langley. Hi. I'll, I'll give you a brief explanation. So basically, your ship is under repair. It's an extended chore leave, like after the last couple of ventures are kind of rough. And you got a tip from a bard in um, in Green is saying that they're looking for somebody. And you're always looking for opportunities to stay sharp, you know. It's, this is what you went to school for, after all. It's been a very long time since I've been on the stage, and it's still pretty pretty deep into winter, and frankly, until they get the front of the ship fixed, the Scarred Serpent isn't going anywhere for months, so I figured I'd, I'd take a little trip. I've had a few people who hired me a while ago who I seem to remember telling me about this place, so I figured I'd... I'd check it out and give it a try. So here I am. Uh, but, you know, if all I do is I show up and have a few local brews and then go home, I'm okay with that, too. I haven't had a vacation in forever. Okay, you say this to the entire bar. They stare for a second, and they go back to their drinks. She is a bard <laughs> and a captain, and so she expects everybody to constantly be attentive to whatever she says. So she has announced this. And for those that don't remember what Captain Valeria Ty Turner Langley looks like, she is a human woman in her mid-40s, short salt and pepper, brown hair, brown eyes. Um, she's still wearing her sailor blues, which are her captain's clothes, but they they don't look ostentatious. They're very well-loved and well-worn. And uh, yeah. Yeah, she's got a couple of instruments and a traveler's pack, and she 
She enters the bar as though entering center stage or the front of her ship. Oh, Tim actually recognizes this authority. I was like, oh, ma'am. Um, hello. And kind of le- kind of gets out of gets out of her way to give to to make way for this for this newly uh, new authority figure in <laughs> in his proximity. So I think Dorveen hears this and she's kind of like dusts herself off and does that thing where you know it's like you're sliding the hand over your face and you're like I'm better now even though everything's terrible inside. <laughs> and she says, "Good evening, I am Dorveen." Welcome to the Running King Brewery. Did you say you're a bard? I did. Uh, this is going to sound probably uncommon to your ears, but I am so glad that you are here. What is your rate? Well, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little out of practice. So unless you're looking for sea shanties, I'm not going to charge very much other than maybe some food and lodging for the night. Done deal. I think these people will be interested in sea shanties. I don't know that they've ever seen a body of water bigger than a river, so you may have to describe ocean to them, but that should not be a problem. It will not, trust me. She's gonna um do a thing that I think she should have the power to do, which is go and bartenders go and move tables and move people away from them and make an impromptu stage. The DM can confirm if that's actually going to happen, but it's her goddamn establishment. And she should be able to have a stage appear. And she says, I need you to take their mind off of the goose that was in here earlier while I go take the mind off of the goose. Here's what I'll say. Again, because it's your bar, roll an intimidation check to see how fast your, uh, your staff works on this. What's intimidation bonus? Charisma. Can I say she is proficient in intimidation? Because I feel like that is something she's sure. proficient. Cool. You know what? I've been intimidated by Dorveen more than once, so I, yeah, I, I'll I, allow I, it. <laughs> As her semi-love interest, yes, I think she can she's be quite intimidating. In, what else do you guys think she's proficient in? Probably perception, because she's yeah. Uh, yeah. she's a bartender. That sounds good. I like Let's that. See. Persuasion. Persuasion, perception, yeah. intimidation. All good things. All right. That's going to be a 19. Oh, they're they're just like, you say jump, they 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 don't even bother to ask how high. They just start to hope and figure out and get it right. But lickety split is the expression I would use to describe how quickly they get this place concert ready. And Captain Valeria, Ty Turner Langley, the, the floor is yours. Uh, you want to roll a performance check for me? Sure. She okay. will... She won't actually go for the the uh, mandolin on her back. She's going to grab a drum because that's what she's a little more familiar with. And okay. she has actually played recently because for sea sh- shanties on the ship, that's what she would do. So performance, that is going to be... That would be a natural 20. Oh, Jesus. Hey. Which is something I only roll when I'm not the DM. Well, that's the first critical, Jonathan. Is now going to sneak off and join a merchant vessel. You know what? Yeah. Sure, I I will take a fireball. I, I meant crits for for Tim, but I will take a fireball shot for that. Yeah, I, I think that's spill, worth it. Yeah, so spill half of it on me. I I got to hear how this goes down. This is a, a performance of twenty seven. She 
gets onto this makeshift stage. I think the crowd is still pretty loud and raucous. They're still recovering from whatever happened with this goose. And that actually helps her because this would literally be the first time that she has performed professionally in a very long time. And as an opera singer, she's basically just been doing these sea shanties. And it's, it's felt a little disconcerting. But she falls into something that she is familiar with. And so she's going to start banging on the drum and she's going to go, Come all ye young fellows that follow the goose to me way. Hey, get the goose down. Now, please pay attention and listen to me. Give me some time and get the goose down. And by the end of the first stanza, she's got the whole crowd swaying back and forth in time as she is pounding on her drum, basically using the goose distraction as a a way to bring the spirits of the bar back up again. And and Captain, you'll notice that any song you sing that has like a chorus that repeats, like the whole bar is singing. They're, they're into it. They are, they, this is the content they're here for and they're loving every minute of it. And you do about an hour set and and people are just loving it. People are very effusive with their praise. You get a standing ovation, which is not something that happens every day in The Running King, or every month for that matter. Yeah, Tim was leading Seek It Out, but as like you started, and he's kind of wa- he watched the makeshift quickness of of building the stage, and he's just been entranced. So he was actually like he had Seekin's arm, kind of taking him out. But he's been staring transfixed at uh, Captain Ty Turner. And at the points where people are swaving, he's like swinging his glaive. I think she's buoyed by the fact that like these simple songs that she's learned how to sing, being the captain of the ship, have won over the bar. And she she takes a moment and the last thing that she sings, she breaks out of the the gruff sea shanty and she gets back into her upper roots and the last thing she sings is an acapella song from Potions and Pride, which is completely different than anything that she has sung in many, many years. But it is an old opera she remembers from way back when she was hanging out in Neverwinter. And she she sings this beautiful aria, acapella, from Potions and Pride and wins over the crowd in a way that she hasn't in a very long time. And you won't see it because she's too good at hiding it. But as she leaves the stage, she's got a little tear in her eye. Dorvin's going to motion for her to come over to her by the bar where she's like been slinging drinks. Yes, hi. That was very good. How long are you staying in Greenest? Well, until the ice melts enough and my ship is fixed. So I've got a little bit of time. Well... If you can perform like that, or even have to, then you have a free place to stay every night you're here. I appreciate that. I've heard some good things about this place, and I would like to be able to enjoy myself for a little while, so I will take you up on that offer. What are you drinking? What are you buying? Well, I admittedly, this is my bar, so I think rather highly of most everything we sell here. And she's gonna pour her a, uh, let's see, she's gonna, she's gonna pour her a stout. Hmm. And she will enjoy sipping it. She's not the kind of drinker that downs anything other than shots, although she's... She can toss back a few shots if you want. But yeah, she will enjoy a nice stout and 
just kind of take in the atmosphere and enjoy relaxing a little bit after the performance. Tell me where you are from. <sighs> where I hail from or where I grew up? Those are... By way of. By way of my ship, the Scarred Serpent, which is currently docked in Waterdeep for repairs. The front of it got a little mangled on a on a shipping expedition. We were successful, but there's not much we can do without the icebreaker fixed. So it's it's in port, and I'm enjoying my first vacation in a very long time. I was in Waterdeep recently. See a friend of mine. Waterdeep is a good place to find a friend. It's a big place, but you may know him. His name is Jonathan. Uh, he claims his, uh, his muscles are magic. And there's a moment in where you you watch surprise come over Valeria's face. And she says, uh, impressively muscled wizard, flamboyant robes, tiny little owl. Yes, bucks. Yeah, hangs out with a motley crew of god pawns <laughs> off on an adventure. Yes, I would say they um, make a great deal of wake. That would be an apt description, and and might I say, a pun I appreciate. But yes. Oh shit! I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but Woo! Dorveen did. But Dorveen did. Dorveen, Dorveen totally did that on purpose. On purpose. Yes, I do everything on purpose. No mistakes here. Yes, I not too long ago brought them out to the Moonshade Isles to the tiny little rock in the middle of nowhere. Dropped them off. I got a sending from them saying that they ran into some trouble and we were supposed to leave. And I heard that everything was okay. Apparently they saved the city of Waterdeep from a whole bunch of invaders. So I guess they're fine. That's Wait, good to know. You, you know Jonathan and company as well? That does not surprise. But let me ask you one more thing. How many sending you get in the middle of the night? Uh, only the one. Only the one. Do I expected i just jonathan has propensity for sending and i just wonder if i am the only one who is awoken by sendings or if it is um, a gift he spread around you hear seekin at this point chime in wait you guys also know jonathan what you did I, Tim, did I tell you take goose out oh sorry uh, sorry but yeah I'm, but, I'm, I'm, but i'm not a goose i'm a human no, no, we gotta go. Wait, wait hold but on. Jonathan burned down my grandfather's forest. We have a currently banned on all druids. Wait, hang on, hang on. Actually, hang on. I'm gonna roll something real quick just to see if Tim remembers. Eh, muscle wizards. Huh, well, I ain't seen one of those in a while. You, I assume you knew them when they were here with the incident with the dragon. Oh, right, yeah. You know, I meet a lot of people, so, uh, I, but yeah, yeah, I know those guys. They were a, a pretty flamboyant group. Hard to miss, at least when I saw them a while ago. T Tim, is it? Did, did they also burn down your grandfather's forest? Uh, no, they got rid of some asshole trying to, trying to bring his wagons into the, into the city. This is their early work, I guess. <laughs> we here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. 
I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show. And thanks to the fine folks who make Idol Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on February 16th at 8pm Pacific. So open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. R-A-R-K-R-O-E-S-P-O-N-D So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. At this point, a well-dressed man stands up out of his chair and loudly declares, Harold's Greenish Day? Is that funny? I, I, I believe we're in Greenish right now, but we haven't seen hide or hair of them in quite some time. No, sir, no, sir. They call themselves the Harold's Greenish, but they gallivant all over the place in Waterdeep or wherever they are. Who knows? The only thing they have in common is they spend a couple of minutes here and then they vamoosed. But never fear, for I, C.W. Paramount, have found the new... Heralds of Greenest. And then four people stand up, and depending on how this goes, our friendship may or may not end. First of all, I introduced the foreign archer from foreign lands, the Cochin Kid. And the man stands up, and he's wearing a hood, and the hood is blue instead of green. And uh, he's got uh, sort of, he's leaning up against a wall, and he's chewing on a piece of grass or something. And he's saying, ma'am, sir. <laughs> and then, the man with all the muscles. Gavin Thundermuscled, amazing wizard. Right, right, you see, I am the champion, I am the dealer, I make the rules, and I am fantastic at both magic and deadlifting. Yes, sir, Gavin Thundermuscled. Look it up. <laughs> I love Gavin Thundermuscled. <laughs> and then, the dwarf priestess of Tay-Tay, Casey Van Ness. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. Unless, of course, you're talking about saving Greenest, in which case I'm all, I'm on board. I think I shall kill that one. And last but not least, the masked barbarian, Dr. Ribeiro. Yes. Yes, I have degrees in both murderology and murderonomy. But, to be fair, I cheated on most of my murderonomy work. These will be the ones, and CW Paramount continues, who save the town from any kind of calamity. We don't need those old hounds of greenest. We got new ones. Yes, sirree, Bob. And it'll only cost the town a mere pittance of 25 gold a day. I, I, what did you see? The word. 25 gold a day. Let's, let's what talk about... What is your name? What is name? I am C.W. Paramount. C.W. Paramount. Yes. Um. Captain Langley laughs at this, raises what's left of her beer at the five of them, and says, good luck with that ladies and gents, and turns back to the bar laughing. <laughs> I, I only have, look, I already pay for entertainment tonight. If this is something you are looking for, perhaps you come back when our captain has left for her ship again and cannot, can no longer seem. You you come back another night, yes, and perhaps some, um, if you are interested, I will consider going right for um, amateur theater. Yes. Matador, me, me, you wound me to the quick, I assure you, this is no laughing matter. The security of greenness is of cause dear to my heart and wallet. Tim's like, raises an eyebrow, like, really? I, I, I'm, I'm involved with the security of greenness, you know, every day, out on the west gate, just hanging out, watching out for stuff. Doreen's gonna, like, she's still doing her best to, like, get Tim out into the dating world, 
And so she's, <laughs> as you can see, our guards, they have the situation under control. Which is to say, darling, there is no situation. To the best of my recollection, there is still a chromatic dragon out there. And when that day comes and that dragon decides he wants to mess with Greedest again, we need protection. The guards may or may not be able to protect us from a dragon attack, but heroes have proven, again and again, that when you need your fate changed, who better than a fate changer? Huh? 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 And he says, ah, about seven or eight more times. Okay. I don't know why he keeps doing it. Okay, um, do you, look, how much have you had to drink? I'm a teetotaler, I do not, I do not imbibe, I do not partake. Leave the bar. Before he leaves, <laughs> so... The captain has turned around and is facing the bar and is just, like, laughing under her breath the whole time. She finds this whole thing hysterical. This, for some reason, piques her interest. She is going to cast Detect Thoughts (laughs) on Mr. Teetotaler there. So, basically, when I cast the spell, one creature that you can see within 30 feet of you... Um, as long as it doesn't have an intelligence of three or lower, I learn its surface thoughts of the creature, what's most on its mind at the moment. So that just happens. And then I can decide to dip lower with a saving throw or I can move on to somebody else. So what, what is it thinking? What is this, this gentleman thinking about right at this moment? Where are they? This is taking so long. I'm about to blow this. And at this point, Hmm. you hear a loud knock on the door and i don't know why there's a knock and then because the door opens all of a sudden because the door's open but they knock anyway they knock no, on the door is, this is this is amateur theater night to announce is. their presence and then eight bandit looking people sort of show up and they say all right friends now see here we are the real heralds of greenest oh. my name's harold prime that's Harold Carmichael. God damn, get out of here. That's Harold Christopher. That's Haroldine Ferreira. That's Geraldo Rivera. That's Harold Sorolla. Harold Frank back there from the Franks. Oh my god, the Franks. And then Harold Jane Chung. We've had it enough with these so-called Harold's Agreenist. We were the Harold's first. Our name's a Lily Harold. Any of those bums named Harold? I don't think so. People were wondering whether we needed Heralds of Greenest, but clearly these charlatans, these fake Heralds, even though they are actually named Herald, causing trouble and commotion in our town. New Heralds of Greenest, to action! And at this point, the coaching kid, Gavin Thundermuscle, Casey Van Ness, and Dr. Rivero all stand up by their chair, and the coaching kid sort of nines and says, Y'all best to take your leave, or there's gonna be trouble here in the Run King tonight. All right! All right! I am Tim Lanceforth, official guard of Greenest, the actual guard of Greenest. Everyone who's just stood up needs to get out. Let's go. You too. And he's going to take Seekin out, out of the door. And Dorbeen's <laughs> just going to stand there and she's just going to nod once with I, like, the head up. But I, I, I didn't just stand. I, I, I was already no, no, standing. Wait, you, you were my first problem tonight. So... Actually, you're my the second problem tonight. So come on, we're we're I'm gonna get. I'm listen, buddy. I'm gonna get you out. I'm sorry, but I I'm gonna take care of these guys too. So and he, he goes goes out the door and like plants seeking right by the door outside. Be like, just stay here, buddy. All right. The captain looks at Darvine and says, "I didn't realize I was gonna be paid for my show with a show," and takes her beer. And starts to walk out to follow everybody to watch this. And then turns back around to Dorveen and says, 
open carry? I can bring this outside? There's open container laws in greenness that stays in here. Leave I it. promise. I got mending. I do if not it breaks, want to lose my dishware. Leave it. No, at no, the bar. I got mending. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. She, leave it at the bar. She's gonna down the rest of her beer. Puts it down. Give Dorveen a. She starts as a thumbs up, but then it's more like a a a, a bow of respect to somebody who is taking over an establishment. Of like, absolutely, and is gonna follow these fools out because she wants to watch this. All right, so. Everyone is proceeding outside, because that's where fights happen. <laughs> and Dorbina is walking through the crowd, and she says, glassware stays inside. You drink in here, you drink in here, or you do not drink at all. You drink in here, or you do not drink at all. If you would like to continue to walk through these doors, you leave the glassware in here. You'll notice that they didn't have anything to drink. Dorvine, roll a perception check. Hey, guess what? We just found out Dorvine's proficient in that now. Yay! <laughs> Yay! All right, perception is... That's good, because before she wasn't. That's good, because that's a 22. <laughs> oh, nice! So you'll notice that CW Paramount and his uh, his associates, they don't have glasses at the table. They were just... They were freeloading. You know, so you're probably more than a little happy that they've freed up some space for people who are actually willing to, to pay money. So, as it goes, everyone filters outside, and uh, you kind of see, like, the her- heralds of Greenest and the he- the new heralds of Greenest standing across from each other. I want you to know you did this to yourself. The heralds yeah. and the heralds. We've got four yeah. named people and their manager, and then we've on one side, and then how many on the other? Eight. Eight, Eight okay. people named heralds. Eight heralds. <laughs> Eight heralds. <laughs> So the captain is very well aware that of the the laws of of the number of people is very important. However, she does know that these these four have named themselves and have introduced themselves as more than just a bunch of people who are are all named Harold. And so she would like to start going through the crowd and collecting bets on <laughs> on the heralds winning not the heralds and she wants to make sure that all the bets that she is making with people she's putting down like a silver here and a silver there and a silver here and she's not breaking her bank or anything but uh she's making sure that she is always going to come out on top with the 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 four named people does uh, <laughs> she do this discreetly or does dorvin who has finally sidled outside to make sure they don't burn the place down from the outside does she notice Oh, this is not discreet at all. Okay, She's, good. She is completely like, she She sidles up to one person. Uh, she has pulled out a flask now that she knows that there's open carry laws, however, or there's open carry for alcohol, however, she can't have the beer anymore. And she's offering the alcohol that she's got, which is some quite strong rum, to whoever she is making the bet with and then convincing them to take her bet and where she is betting on the, the four named people. And she is very... She's not loudly, but she's definitely like, yeah, you know, anyone who's going to try to take over a town and think that they can beat a dragon, I'm going to put my money on them. I think they're the ones who are going to win. What do you think? Yeah, here, have another drink. I got plenty of this. I got a whole ship back of it in Waterdeep. So Dorveen is going to walk up to her and she's going to put a hand on her shoulder and she's going to say, the property line extends 15 feet in a radius outside of this bar. So any bets that you make or take the house gets a cut especially if you continue to have outside alcohol on my property and would like to continue to have a place to stay in greenness for the duration of your vacation 
the captain is going to take a swig of her al- alcohol and smile at you and say, I agree to those terms. 10% of your winnings, thank you. And she's going to walk away. <laughs> sure. So is anybody outside the bar at this point? Everybody. Well, Seekin was dragged out, and you okay. see Seekin, he's, he's just there, and he's like, uh-huh, so does this kind of thing happen often in town? Uh-huh. I hope so! This is amazing! No! No! This yeah. doesn't happen okay. all the time! And then, as the camera pans over, he wasn't talking to Tim, as the camera pans over, you see he's just facing a tree, talking to the tree. <laughs> <laughs> so is this thing kind of normal, that people get kicked out of bars and... People named Harold and Harold so just want to start fighting in the streets? Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Interesting. So some of the bar patrons are actually kind of curious about this fight. Not all of them, but enough that, you know, there's a bit of a respectable crowd forming outside the bar. And you see the uh, the CW group and then the Her- Harolds of Greenest lined up against each other. And then CW Paramount kind of boldly, de- bombastically declares, Now you get to see the new Heralds of Greenest in action! Dr. Ribeiro, show them what's what! And then... Uh, I would like to, as that is called out, the captain is going to take a moment away from her uh, trying to get as m- many people's money as possible, and she's going to actually pull out her loot at this point and start to play fight music. And that music... It's going to be very familiar fight music, say for those who have seen the the Star Trek puppetry that in Waterdeep, and she's going to give bardic inspiration to the who was it that was just called out? I'm sorry, uh, Doctor Ribeiro. Doctor Ribeiro is going to get bardic Bizarro inspiration. Bizarro Carlton. Okay, so Bizarro Carlton. Yeah. For the next ten minutes, he gets an extra D8 to any ability check, attack roll, or saving throw. Okay. So, uh, Dr. Ribeiro charges forth, pulls back a fist, but then one of the guys stabs him, and then you can see the color kind of drain from the face of C.W. Anderson, and then he kind of ponies up a little bit to the Harold Prime and says, this isn't what we discussed! And then Harold Prime says, you checked it and clear, friendo. We're gonna be messing up with him. And we were serious about what we were saying. We won't be disrespected. When I expect to get paid, I don't want a piece of paper with your signature on it and saying pay to the order of Harold Prime. I want cold hot gold, my friend. This is the last time the Heralds of Greenest are insulted. We're going to rip this town apart. And then the coaching kid, seeing like all this stuff transpire and the Dr. Ribeiro get kind of beat down, he says, dude, I'd not get paid for this. And him, Casey Van Ness, and Gavin Thundermuscle just run. They just book. Ugh. I had and Dr. Money. Ribeiro is getting the snot beat out of him because he is not a, actually a fighter of any kind, but rather an actor. An actor! <laughs> I had money on this, and now I'm pissed. Do I have a sense that the eight the, that the eight heralds are actually worth their salt in fighting? Or did this one just happen to bring a knife to a fake fight? You can roll a... Let me think. Maybe insight would be better for that. Sure. That's only a plus five. Hmm. Twelve. Ah, you get the feeling that these unsavory types are probably not to be trusted, and they probably could do some damage if left unchecked. Okay. With that, my music is going to change. What was once exciting fight music now morphs into something more Shostakovich, something more mocking, and and it has kind of this... It's got this overtone of slyness to it and she's going to look at this herald that has stabbed the person that she had money on and she's going to say 
really? Really? You're not even going to go through with your charade? You're just going to start killing? And she's going to cast Vicious Mockery on him. Oh, which one? Harold Prime? Uh, this is the one that, that pulled the knife. Okay, that would be Harold Christopher. Sure, him. He needs to make a wisdom saving through a DC 15. Okay. No bonus there. All right. Yeah, I didn't think these guys were pretty well. He does not save. Awesome. So he's only going to take two psychic damage. However, what's more important is he's going to have a disadvantage on the next attack roll he makes before the end of this turn. And yeah, he sees the captain looking over at him with all of her imperial ability to command people. And she's just grinning at him with an eyebrow raised. All right, let's see. So you're outside. Tim is outside. Seekin is also outside because he was dragged outside the bar. Dorveen uh-huh. is outside because she just told Dorveen told me about. Right. Yeah. Well, all right. All outside this then point. that means everyone is in initiative. Let's uh, roll for initiative. I got a 21. While everyone oh, is nice. rolling for initiative, Dorveen has actually been pacing out 15 feet. And she is uh, deciding who and who is not in the radius of her property, which is the deciding factor as to who she's going to open up a can of whoop ass on. Uh, 14. Uh, uh, 16. <coughs> 16. Uh, Doreen got a 12. So about on par with what Bernie usually does. And what did the bad guys get? 20. All right, let me separate out all my heralds. Crap, where's my pen? <laughs> all the heralds? Why did I do eight? eight. Oh, shoot. Okay. I'm going to say um, Captain Langley, she is not yet even even buzzed. But she has now performed amazingly. She has secured herself a room and board for the night. And now there's a bar fight. This might be the best day ever of all time. Dorveen is on the opposite end of the spectrum. And she's thinking about insurance claims. (laughs) (laughs) But we're outside. So it'll be okay. Tim is like, oh, God, I'm going to have to process all this shit. Ah, I thought I was done for the day. Yeah, I think I don't know. Yeah. We're on the same page when it comes to paperwork. But, you know, he is uh, he's not going to hold back. Okay. All right. So, uh, Captain Valeria Tide Turner Langley, you are first. What would you like to do? Perfect. The captain, continuing to play her discordant melody from earlier, is going to sidle up so that she is... Yeah, she's going to do this. So... The discordant melody turns, it was it was Shostakovich-esque, and it stays in that vein, but it stops being discordant, and it turns into something much more operatic. And she is going to move so that she can be within a 15-foot cone of all of the heralds. It's going to be off the map, but she's essentially going to be to their left. So... Okay. But she's going to be... Uh, to the left of them so that she can get five, ten. She can get three ranks of them. Wasn't sure whether the ball was going to happen inside or outside. So she's going to move so that, because these people have conveniently formed ranks. And as she moves into position, she is going to strum on her lute a particularly favorite chord of hers and open her mouth and the operatic note that emanates is not one that I am going to emulate because it's loud and high. And she is going to cast Shatter. Oh. At third level. I took Shatter. Oh. Oh. And as a College of Opera bard, she gets some fun things. 
So normally it's a 10 foot radius, but in this case, she's casting it as a 15 foot cone originating from me, which is why it's going to get most, she's going to miss like two of them. I need, yeah, I need six of them to make constitution saving throws DC 15. Okay, con, got it. All right. Basically the front six. Okay, so first one fails. Okay. Second one fails. Third one succeeds. Fourth one gets a natural 20. (laughs) Damn. Fifth one fails. Sixth one fails. And that's it. So we'll say the the, the two furthest away from from her piercing note. Okay, so a creature who fails the saving throw is deafened and has disadvantage on attack rolls until the end of its next turn. So the the four that failed are deafened and have disadvantage until the beginning of their next until the end of their next turn. Okay. Um and then they're also going to take damage. Hold on a Got second. It. Okay, so the ones who failed take 16 thunder damage. Thunder damage? Yeah. And are deafened. The ones who saved take half that damage. Okay, so that was against four of them, right? Uh, that was against six of them. Six but of them, right? Four of them failed and two of them succeeded. Also, any non magical object that isn't being worn or carried also takes damage if it's in the spell's area. So all of their weapons and armor and clothing uh, vibrates in a way that is unsettling as she just pounds this note out into the ether. Okay, so six of them are dead. <laughs> I was about to say, opening up with that AOE. And uh, your turn is your turn done yet? Um, no, because I get a bonus action. Oh boy! Ah, I've been waiting for this for so long. So as a bonus action, I'm going to look over at Tim the guard, and I'm going to I'm going to just completely shatter six of them. Look over at Tim the guard and say, "I like to help keep the peace." And you get bardic inspiration, so you get a D8 that you can add to a ability check, attack roll, or saving throw in the next ten minutes. Oh, thanks, Captain. Yeah, this uh, uh, simplifies my paperwork uh, quite a lot. So thank you. And I'm done. And then, so <laughs> because he's the best one, Prime and, I'll say Prime and Harold Jane Chung are the only ones who are left alive. Like, Harold, no! You was my world! And because they're stupid, they're both gonna swarm you. And let's see. Sure. Harold Prime is going to attack you with his scimitar. Okay. Ah. <laughs> well, well, my combat's always so memorable. Why Aww. does Harold Prime fail? Oh, Jack, welcome to my world. Yeah, Harold Prime fails because even though he was not hit by this note that she has sung, the captain in this moment of glorious performance is intimidating as hell. That's it. He's just intimidated. All yeah. right. So Harold. Jane Chung is the only hope to get any offense. I don't think of the history of me doing combat I've ever gotten a hit in. Let's no. find out. Let's see. So one more attack, and this is going to be with an advantage. Sure. Oh, I guess the other one. Does a 21 hit? That does hit. <sighs> Man, I should have leveled these guys up a little bit. All right. So that's going to do, oh, max damage. Seven points of damage. Okay. She takes it. The heralds are done. <laughs> in she- more ways than one. She uh, stops playing for a moment just to down a little bit more of her, her rum and then burp in his face. <laughs> okay, uh, whose turn is it next? It's, um... Oh, it's Seekin's turn. Seekin, who has no offensive spells. <laughs> <laughs> offensive means damage dealing, right? Yeah. Or, like, would you consider fairy fire No, offensive? I wouldn't consider fairy fire offensive. Great. No. Seekin, 
It's more of a debuff. Doesn't offend me. He's here on vacation. He doesn't know any of these people, and nobody actually asked him to participate in this fight. No. Nope. That's always how it goes with Seekin, though. So Seekin's this is true. Like, realizing that the person who, the two people who told him not to go in the bar are now outside, is going to go back in the bar. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I respect that. What I are you doing it. in the bar? He's going to get himself a drink. From <laughs> <laughs> Order a drink as a, as a standard action. That's your action. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so that's what he's going to do. He, nobody, it's, he has no desire to defend this town. It seems like it's pretty much well taken care of by Captain uh, Tide Turner. And nobody asked for his help. Not even the trees. All so right. nobody's preventing him from getting a drink now. I'm going to take some liberties. This might take only, I'm going to say you take four seconds to walk up to the bar. And then you get, Sanju takes a second to ask you, what are you having? <gasps> Sanju was fired. Surprise me. Okay, Sanju pours a drink, and by your next turn, you'll have it, assuming we're not out of initiative by then. <laughs> All right, I believe it is now Dorveen's turn. Okay, uh, Dorveen is a blasty, blasty warlock, and she not only has Elder's Blast, but she has Agonizing Blast. Nice. And she has paced off the 15 feet, and she has decided that both of these People are now outside of the 15-foot radius surrounding her bar, and therefore she's not liable under insurance, and so she's just going to kill them because this is ruining her night. Um, so she's going to agonizing blast. <laughs> uh, she's just kind of going to choose at random. Agonizing Blast basically lets me add my charisma modifier to the damage on Eldritch Blast. Eldritch Blast. Um, it's going to be the one on uh, on Lauren's right. I don't know. The one closer to your bar? One closer to the bar, yes. She's I think that's priorities. very appropriate. That's a 15. Does a 15 hit? Yep, 15 will hit. That's going to be 8 force damage. Okay, anything else? And she is going to say, where, where did the druid gooseman go? <laughs> Tim's gonna lean over to Dorvee and it's like, I think at fifth level you actually get another beam. I do. Okay, yes, fifth level. Sorry, <laughs> that, I was that, thinking that's how I that... had. Fi- I'm a fifth level character, but in my head I was like, but I only have third level spells, so let's do this one more time. That's a second beam for nine damage. Oh well, then that's it for uh, for Harold Prime. Harold Prime is no more. I'm she... Harold Primes. I had such ambitions for the Heralds. And now they will not come to fruition. I lay dead. They won't talk of us the same way they talk of the Lizzies, or the Franks, or the Jeds, or the Warriors, the Bloods, or the Crips. <laughs> and he dies. Alright, there's one left. Uh, We're all just else? looking at you. And- <laughs> uh, yo. Alright, so it's now Tim the guard's turn. Tim is going to uh, saddle up uh, right next to the last one, uh, who is flanked by Captain Ty Turner. As he is standing there with his glaive, he just drops his glaive. And as he walks up, he draws both of his rapiers. And it's like, well, I've been working out, so let's see how this works. And he gets up behind the guy. He kind of nods at Captain Tide Turner and uh, is going to non-lethally begin a flurry of attacks. Non-lethally? Non-lethally. Hmm. And uh, he is going to... Does he get advantage since he's flanking? Do you do that? Yeah, sure. All right, so first attack with his rapier is a 24 going to hit. Oh, yeah. All right, so that is going to be 11 piercing damage, non-lethal. Hey, Jonathan. Yeah. 
how do you want to non-lethally do this? <laughs> so I'm figuring like he just like he comes up and he like kind of draws both of his swords and the guy looks at him and then he just boom like punches him with the the uh, the handguard of his uh, of his rapier and just bam and just knocks him knocks him cold out. Knocks him out cold. That's that's the phrase that people say. Okay. Knocks him cold. So <laughs> Harold Jane Chung, like, takes the hit, starts to fall over, but then begins to change shape. And what you see before you is no longer a human-looking Harold, but rather a doppelganger. <sighs> but the doppelganger gets up and considers you for a second, but then walks over to CW Paramount. Well, um, I still have two more attacks. <laughs> And well, if he leaves my range... You're out of, let's just say you're out of initiative. I was about to say, I have Warcaster, and if he leaves my range... Let's just say you're out of initiative. Okay. The, the, the doppelganger, she considers CW Paramount for a minute, and she puts her hands up, like, saying, like, you know, I don't want any more, like, this was a stupid idea, and I'm breaking up with you. And she kicks him in the balls, and he doubles over, and she walks away. Oh, damn! This might have been worth it after all. And then... You see CW Paramount, like, kind of... Are you, by the way, you win the battle. Um, congratulations on that piece of it. Um, but you see CW uh, and uh, Paramount doubled over, crying. And you don't think it's because of the ball shot. Oh. All right. I'm gonna... And she, he point, he points his rapier at the doppelganger and one at uh, Oh, she's gone. Paramount. She's gone. No, she's gone. She left. Tim wouldn't let her leave. <laughs> I feel like Tim would try not to let her leave. Yeah. Yeah. So... She just kind of, like, if you try to attack her, she'll just, like, kind of glance it over. Just let her go. Unless you really want to. I mean, I, I don't. I didn't the really captain will speak up at this point as Tim is trying to do his duty and say, my good man, don't we have enough to take care of? And she's going to indicate the, the field of unconscious and dead bodies before her. And then, does anyone want to go walk off to Paramount or no? I will go, is my okay. bar. So, I used to think my dad was a loser. But this business stuff is not as hard as it thoughts. Thought I could take on a new voice and a new name and one moment, and one have moment, more success. Young man, young man. Um, if you would, I need yeah. you to take um ten feet towards bar. If I'm going to be your psychologist, we're going to do this. It's it's it, I'm going to get paid. So come 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 come. As he walks over, the captain is going to wind her way through the crowd and collect all of her winnings because technically she won, and then head back into the bar to go sit next to Seekin. Okay. okay. Continue, young Who man. Who is drink, about to drink his drink. Oh, hey! Didn't I try and get you out of here? I, uh, well, you didn't say I couldn't go back in. And I paid for this one. Oh, oh, by the way, um, so while, while the battle was going on, uh, Seekin put a drink request in. And, uh, Sunju had to roll to see whether he thought he could go over Dorveen's head, because as assistant to the bartender, he thought he was in charge at that moment. So he may have made the choice and served some sorcerers to Seekin. And, uh, Seeking D a drink it before they come in? Oh, yeah, hell yeah. I gotta remember how this thing works. Like, you guys I remember. All right, so you roll a 20. Uh, let me pull up the wild magic table. Yeah, let's find so out. So the sad let's thing about this is if you this. had told me ahead of time you were going to do this, I would have given you the sorcerer sweat wild magic table because oh, that's I didn't. a specific... I knew it was possible because we are at a bar, but, yeah. um... Chalk it up to preparation at my part. All right, well, use the regular wild magic table, but I will say for uh, future use... <laughs> The Sorcerer's Sweat Wild Magic Table is quite different. Do you roll a 20? Uh, the, if it's the, going off of the standard Wild Magic, uh, Seeking Cast Grease centered on himself. That's so apropos. That's so on brand. Cast, it's not even funny. Cast what? What did he cast on himself? Grease. Grease. 
So this happened before, did this happen before Valeria and Tim came walking on in or? It's probably like right as you're walking in, I'm like taking the drink and then like grease just starts like dripping off of me like sweat. Uh, guys, I, I, I've never had this happen before. Tell me about. What, what did you feed me? What did you give me? Valeria will go sit several feet down in the bar and say, don't worry, kid. I'm sure it'll clear up in a little bit. I, I want to. This is. And he tries to get up because he's like embarrassed and like slips and like banana peel falls. Oh, jeez. And he's like trying to grab the bar and his like feet are going out from under him. It's it's real slapstick right now. Total so, slapstick. CW Paramount pays for a round for the entire No, bar. we're still outside. Dorvin hasn't oh, yeah, like, okay. come back inside yet. She wants to hear a little right, bit of so your story. Yeah, I, let's hear it. Okay, so CW drops a, he says, this is a around for the whole bar i've done a little bit better than my dad but wagon of wonders i thought it was just a stupid name and, and dad was determined to make it happen so your father is daddy yeah yeah my name's waylon jr oh dad was determined to make this thing happen so determined in fact he decided to leave me and my five brothers and three sisters and mom behind so father of the year right there oh, well the um i really hated your dad but yeah that's rough buddy I did not have personal relationship with your father, so let me um let me give you some advice. What happened to you with your father is explanation for actions. It is not excuse for actions. Yeah. So you're right. Here is what we will do to make it better. You will pay for it around and you will um Sit next to the greasy goose for the night. I will overcharge you for everything you drink here. I will charge double to stay the night here. You have no options. No one will welcome you into their home. And then tomorrow you will leave greenest and you will not return. But in the morning you will feel exceptionally generous for this offer and you will clean up the puddle of grease left by my goose friend over there. C.W., uh, well, Waylon Jr. considers this offer, pulls out his change purse, counts out how much he has, walks over to the nearest purse, grabs the rest of what he needs, <laughs> and walks into the bar, handing the everything to Dorveen. Um, this is all, uh, I, uh, fuck this. And <laughs> Tim <laughs> leaves the mountain of bodies outside, just like, I'll deal this when the captain shows up, and uh, he's gonna put both back both of his swords and uh, and go into the bar. Dorvin's gonna walk in with him and she's gonna I assume she's much taller than him, right? Dorvin's like tall, right? She's tiefling. Tieflings are tall. In my head she's tall. Maybe that's because I've been playing a gnome and everyone is tall. <laughs> Everyone's tall to you. It's relatively tall. Whatever you decide in this moment is true. Lauren, I will <laughs> tell you, the internalization of Bernie has made me done not many things, but Filing every other character as tall is one of them. Listen, I totally get that. I've been playing a cleric long enough that it was hard to play a character that could take healing spells and not take healing spells. Like, that was a struggle. So I totally get the internalization <laughs> of a character you love and enjoy. Anyway, whatever you decide about her height right she's, now is true. She's taller than Tim. She's going to clap him on the back and say, uh, Tim, you know that... Um, that punch was very good punch, and we shall have no problems finding you, um, lady, gentleman. 
person who does not gender identify, whatever is your presence, then this will be a little change of clothes. This will be easy after that. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, Tim's probably, he's lithe, and he's probably like, I don't know, 5'8 or so. So he's definitely shorter than JMM, but he's he's kind of like, now that Dorveen's kind of talked him up a bit, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been I've been working on a few things. Uh, yeah, the, the, this is pretty neat. Uh, and I was never that strong, but pretty fast. So, yeah, got got these going for me. And and as the evening winds down, I want everyone to roll one last perception check. Sure. Is it to see how big of a pool of grease the goose has sweated? We'll see. Oh, I'm actually good at perception. I'm not right now. Hey, I'm that's super good at it. Not that bad, but... Oh, but I rolled a natural one. So here's here's what I'm doing. Uh, I have sat at the end of the bar and I have watched Goose Boy create a puddle of grease on the ground. And I know the spell, but I'm still impressed. And maybe at this point, the captain has become slightly drunk. And so instead of looking at her surroundings, she has grown complacent and comfortable and calls out to Seekin and says, Hey, do you know how to become an albatross? No, I, I I don't think I've actually ever seen one of those. And the only reason I can do my goose is because the one that I saw wasn't able to fly. So I, I, can't, I can't fly yet. Do you, do you have an albatross I can play with? You know, the next time you're in Waterdeep. Oh, I'm from Waterdeep. Yeah, and when you finally get back there, you come find me on the Scarred Serpent. I'll show you an albatross. Let's talk about what else you can do, okay? Oh. Oh. And you two were interrupted by something dark, kind of stony, gr- grizzly voice, and saying, Hey! Hey! I saw you out there! I've seen better! And she kind of gruffs, and then she kind of slinks away. Ansara. Dorveen, you'd recognize that as the voice of Ansara. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so what did everyone else roll? Uh, Seekin got a 22. 13. Okay, 13, and then Dorveen? I think Dorveen got 13. Also 13? Also 13. Let me, let me check. Got a 13. Yeah. All right. So Dorveen and Tim, uh, someone walks up to you and uh, sort of a tall person with, uh, you know, sort of like like chocolate yeah, chocolate skin, kind of well-dressed, introduces himself. Hey, my name's Kyle Burleson, former professional foosball player. Do either of you guys play? I do not play foosball, but um, Tim, you play. Yes. Um. No. I've I've seen it, but but uh, I haven't actually gotten to play it though. I feel like I might be okay at it, but I just haven't given it a shot yet. And then he holds up a coin and says, "Let's go." All right. <laughs> why not? <laughs> Everything else has been fucking crazy tonight, so why not this too? <laughs> sure. All right. So you walk up to the foosball table. And do best of three. What's the check on this again? Dexterity. Well, it's whatever you want. You're the DM. Alright, dexterity it is. We'll do dex checks, and I'm going to use Travancore's stats. Just because he's a former professional foosball player, it stands to reason. Alright, first round. Ready, set, go. Tim gets a 21. Ooh, Tim wins the first round. It goes back and forth, and this guy is a little rusty, and he's kind of been drinking a little bit tonight. And, uh, Tim, you're, you know, for all, for, don't let the voice fool you. Tim's Tim's an athlete. Tim can go. And sure enough, Tim went. And so first round goes to Tim the guard. Alright. Ready to run it back? Alright, here we go. 18. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, Burleson just hangs his head in shame and says, Man, this is a dark day for foosball. You ever think of going pro? 
Well, I never really thought about it, but now that I've played, you know, using the, the multiple, uh, my handle things, it's kind of like using two swords, and, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bad at using two swords, so, yeah, I think I can get the hang of this. I'm going to pat Tim, I'm going to, like, greasily slide over to Tim. <laughs> like, you literally slide, you just... <laughs> hey, uh, I, I've seen Travancore and Jonathan and them play it back in Waterdeep, and... I think you're doing really good, and I think you have this. And I'm going to pat him on the back in guidance. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's got a giant grease palm print on his back. Corbin's happy about this because it yep. means he has to buy new clothes because you know that grease stain is not coming out. There's oh, no Oh, way. yeah, this is, this is a standard issue. This actually isn't mine. Wait, you but... think Seekin's actually going to buy new clothes? Well, she, her plan is for Tim to buy new clothes so he can oh. get himself the... Hey, this, this is my uniform, you know. This is this is what I wear out on, on duty, so I don't like have much back. of a choice. Like- so Kyle puts on his hand and says, This is my card. Kyle Burleson. We do a show called Good Morning Foosball. You should be on it one of these days. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, uh, you know, if I, one day when I'm not out on morning patrol, I'll uh, I'll look you up. Thank you. You have yourself a good evening. And uh, Kyle excuses himself. And then the high roll was seeking, right? For the perception check? Oh, uh, perception? Yeah, 22. 22. All right, Seekin. So the four of you get back together, and um, one more person rises from their chair, and he sort of has awe on his face, and he looks like very laid back, long, flowing hair, big, stupid smile on his face. He says, you guys were amazing. That was that was the bee's knees. I cannot believe what y'all did. I, I've always wanted to be a bard. I don't know if I told you or not. Of course I didn't. I just introduced myself. I didn't introduce myself, in fact. All right, let me let me rewind a little bit. Hey, everyone. My name is Kenny Beggins Jr., and I think you guys are incredible. You said there's a, another group of Heralds Greenest? There's apparently several of them, although <laughs> one less today. There oh, wow. is, um, uh, they are in, I believe, uh, Waterdeep at the moment, but I have not been bombarded with them. Yeah, after we went to my grandfather's place in the Feywild, that's last I saw them was Waterdeep. Your grandfather lives in Feywild? Yeah, he's a unicorn. Uh, you know, greasy duck man, I think, I think you can stay. <laughs> you probably think I've had too much to drink at this point. <laughs> Talking about a, a, a unicorn grandfather in the Feywild. She knows exactly how much you've had to drink and what you've had to drink. And um, that's going to be a conversation later with the uh, assistant to the bartender. Greasy goose man, my apologies. You can stay in bar. Tell me about grandfather. But what about Kenny Baggins? Oh, don't mind me. I'm A bar needs stories and I haven't gotten any stories growing up. Except, of course, that one really bad thing that happened a few months back. I got a few. Those aren't really bards, bar songs for bards. I'm more of a happy guy. I'm into good times. But it sounds like I need to find my way to Waterdeep. You do, because I have bard for this bar. So you are going to have to find new bar for a little while, unless you plan on paying for drinks. That being said, I'm a temporary attraction. And um, take it from one bard to another, my good man. No bard stories are ever exactly the truth. You take stuff that you've learned, you make it work for your audience. Just because it happened to you one way doesn't mean you have to tell it the same way to someone else. Far out, far out, far out. The music system. She is saying lie. I'm saying exaggerate the truth. Or lie. Whatever gets you the most coin, and as long as you're entertaining when you do it, no one cares. 
But it sounds like you guys got tons of stories. If, if I pay for your rounds, can I hear some? Well, someone is paying for rounds. It might as well be you. What is everyone having? <laughs> I'm having whatever you're buying. And with that, the uh, the rest of the evening descends with uh, Kenny Beggins Jr. sort of leaning forward and r- r- hearing all kinds of stories from all four of you, which we may get to another time, which we might not. But uh, <laughs> you've all made it to the end of our adventure in our twentieth episode. Aww. Woo! I am giving each of you uh, two two billion experience points to split among the well. I said each of you, right? But you somehow. Oh yeah, yeah, also, that's only But you fair. also have to somehow split them amongst the four of you. So if you figure that out, that's when you get your experience. I, I believe we're all just level twenty now. Yeah. Half a billion, <laughs> half a billion points each. Yeah. I'm excited for Seekin to be level twenty. I would be very interested. <laughs> level twenty arch druid goose. There you go. He is just constantly a goose. That's basically it. He's just he forever goose. The honk, you get the ball. <laughs> and I take off my my DM helmet. And I hand it back to the to where the, the, the crown property belongs. Cheers. Thank you for that letting really me play good. a bard again. That was super fun. Thank you all of you for playing characters and bringing them to life in a way I never would have expected. Thank you, Jack, for running this game. And thank <laughs> you all of you for listening. And next time we get together, we'll be back with the Herald of Greenest, which I never got a chance to say as the captain. But just because I don't have my ship doesn't mean I'm not still a captain. Just because you're not in Greenest doesn't mean you aren't still Harold. Hmm. <laughs> and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and we'll see you next encounter. Bye. 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 I really want more more Greasy Goose Seekin now. Yeah, I, I kind of want just more of this. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Christopher Waterston, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.